live, statewide, on the Ref Radio Sports Network. Lobs in zone for Stoops. He caught it! He caught it! Drake Stoops touchdown with Bob Stoops on the sideline. you got to be kidding me. What a moment. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Ball stolen, layup blocked by Shagwap. Get that out of here. Rock the Shagwap. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Or sound off on the Law Offices of Rod Polston Tax Resolution line at 405-329-9000. Casey Thompson back to pass under pressure. We got him! Danny Stutzman! It's a sack! Crossover. Cortez pivots in the paint. He'll shoot from there and he got it! He got it! It's the Bichon Show in Norman! Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hour 2 on this Monday, February 7. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Wow, we have made it through the winter weather. And uh, we're going to have a very nice week. Uh, we're getting to 57 today and sunny, and then a string of 60-degree days yes. after that and sunny. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, a golf course might be calling this week. Definitely can get back out, do some uh, uh, stuff around the house, out in the yard, take some walks, go for some jogs. It's going to be nice. Kids are back at school. I know everybody likes that, except the kids. So it's going to be nice today. Toby and TJ back with you. Hour two. Got a good one tonight in the Big 12. You've got uh, Kansas at Texas tonight on Big Monday. That's an 8 o'clock start down in Austin tonight. Next for OSU, they go to TCU Tuesday night. And the Sooner men now uh, have a hellish week. Texas Tech and Kansas coming up this week. And they really, really need... To pull off a win in one of these games, very rude of the um, schedule makers. Yeah, I mean they the the breather quote unquote breather week is past them, and they went zero and two against uh, TCU and OSU. So it's back to the you know, string of ranked opponents now, and uh, Tech will be in town on Wednesday night at eight. Let's give you the updated Big Twelve standings. We'll start on the women's side. OU and Iowa State tied for first at 9-2. and two. The Sooner women win again Saturday. They pull a rabbit out of their hat. A little Sooner magic again. Taylor Robertson with some late threes to get it to overtime. And they won it in double overtime, 101-99. to So OU, Iowa State both at 9-2. and two. The Sooner women do not have a midweek game this week. They do not play again until Saturday when they go down to Austin. Baylor is 7-3, and three, and then it goes down from there. K-State, Kansas, so forth and so on. On the men's side of things, give me a second here to punch this up. Uh, there are, for OU anyway, eight games to go in the regular season, and I'll hit you with their updated net standings and everything so you know where they are. The latest Lunardi... Um, bracketology before Saturday's game had OU as a nine seed. 
Uh, I think today he'll put out a new one. Here's your Big 12 standings on the men's side. Kansas, a comfortable lead now, a two-game lead in the loss column. They're at 8-1. and one. Then you've got Baylor and Tech tied for second at 7-3. and three. Texas at 6-4. and four. TCU 4-4. Four and four. And then OSU and K-State tied for sixth place at 4-6. and six. OU and Iowa State tied for eighth place at 3-7. and seven. West Virginia has now lost uh, seven in a row. And they are at two and seven and in the basement. So OU will play Tech at home this week and then at Fog Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday. Uh, coming up at the bottom of this hour, we will hear Porter Moser's postgame thoughts after uh, Saturday's loss in Bedlam. Uh, your updated net rankings look like this. OU has fallen to 46 in the net. And I would imagine with the newest bracketology, we will see them in the bubble conversation now, like last four in, last four buys, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think they'll still be in the field as of now, but that schedule ahead is just crazy daunting. So, uh they got to figure some things out, Tej, and I don't know. Like, I'm a little. I here's one thing I did like. Saturday, we saw a little bit late in that game of the lineup I was talking about last week. Yeah, I was about to say that with Shagwa and Tanner on the court together. Mm-hmm. I think that's something you can explore going forward. Especially Here's what when they're you doing have those right. long athletic teams like that. I think they both need to be in there. They out rebounded OSU. They Saturday. did. They like did. five. They worked hard five on five or boards. six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was thirty-six to thirty-one. Yeah. Um, and they forced sixteen turnovers. They just couldn't make a shot. Uh, part of the problem is a big part of the problem is teams are clogging the driving lanes. Because they are not respecting two or three of the guys that OU has out on the court as shooters. Jalen Hill, they're not challenging him on shots. Um, Jordan Goldwire, they are letting him shoot the threes and sagging off. Not so much Elijah Harkless after the way he started on Saturday. OSU started getting up on him, but... They started, that's the reason he was getting shots, is because they started the game sagging off of him. Jacob Groves is shooting at like 25% from three or less. They're sagging off of him. So you've got multiple guys on the court. I'm leaving somebody out. Um, you got multiple guys on the court that defenses are sagging off of, and it's clogging the lane. And... One, they're not making those shots when they're open. And two, the driving lanes that were there early in the year, when Oklahoma would put it on the deck and get to the rim and either score or draw defenders and kick and find open men, they're not there. The, the, the paint is clogged, DJ. It's like your, it's like your shower drain. The paint is clogged. And the, the answer to that is, Make shots, and that 
I think it was Kelvin Sampson that said, this game is not really all that difficult sometimes. You just got to make shots. And uh, Oklahoma's having a hard time doing that right now. In this skid, and they've lost seven of eight. Their three-point percentage over the last eight games is like 22%, 21%. That's Ouch, I knew it was low. I didn't know it was that bad. It's not going to win. No. And so, uh, and I mean, obviously, they're shadowing Mo everywhere. They're not giving him any good looks. So, and and Tanner, they're guarding him out on the perimeter. So, uh, the I think maybe somebody who's a better uh, analyst than me, but I I think the secret for them to turn this around, if it's turnaroundable. Is they're gonna have to make shots, and they're they're gonna have looks, but Jalen Hill, and Jordan Goldwire, and Jacob Groves, and Elijah Harkless, and these guys that aren't being guarded are gonna have to force to be guarded because they're gonna have to make shots, and maybe that's not doable. Maybe they're just not good enough to do it, but that's how. If it's gonna turn around, it's gonna. Turn around. I don't think there's any magic to, yeah, do they have to be good on the boards? Hey, how about this though? I looked this up Saturday. OU's played, uh, 10 Big 12 games now. They have out-rebounded their opponent in six of the 10 games in the Big 12. That was shocking to me because it feels like they've been dominated on the glass, doesn't it? I would have said they out-rebounded, um, four out of 10. So that that does surprise me. One or two. Well, well yeah, I think I may be being generous with the four and how it feels. So a couple of those times they've been out rebounded has been ugly. Baylor out rebounded them by eighteen in Waco, and TCU got them by twenty two in Norman. But in six of the ten games, they've out rebounded their opponents in Big Twelve play. So is rebounding an issue? Well, it has been a couple of times, but for the most part, they've held their own on the glass. Is defense an issue? It doesn't feel like it's as good now as it was early in the year. But, I mean, they held OSU to 64 points on Saturday. You know, you that's you, you can win that game. So the biggest issue, it seems to me, is on the offensive end of the floor. And this, you know, when they were top 10 in the nation field goal percentage and – Their assist numbers every night were through the roof. They'd have 20 assists in a game. It's because they were able to drive and dish, drive and dish, and they swing it really quickly, and they find the open man, and they get great shots. They get layups, or they get great shots. Well, the drive is right now running into a clogged drain, and when they do find someone to dish to, they're not making the shots. So... They're just going to have to get hot. I don't mean to oversimplify it, but they're just going to have to start making shots. And the good news is sometimes, a lot of times in basketball, that's contagious. If you can have a game where guys start making shots, then they start to feel good about themselves, and then you run together a few in a row. But I don't know. Uh, It is hard right now in the slump that they're in to foresee them making the NCAA tournament.
But it is there is time. There is time. Get to the free Agreed, throw disagree. line. Get to Anything the free to throw add? line better too than what you did on Saturday. If you're if you're having trouble making shots, create some of that for yourself and um, Great point. Great point. Here's the problem with that. John Higgins is officiating that game and <laughs> Well, I'm not letting even a lot go. Like, yeah. The difference in the way the game was officiated at Auburn and the game that was officiated in Stillwater is drastic. And if you'd go watch those two, every touch foul's called. I think both teams shot over 20 free throws. You know, anytime somebody drives to the basket and they get kind of bumped a little bit, it's a foul. In In the SEC, they call that. In the Big 12, they don't, and especially Higgins. Higgins, if you go watch the games in which he is the lead referee, there's hardly any free throws taken in a Higgins called game. He just lets them murder each other out there. And that's the way the Big 12 has become. There are not many Big 12 games when free throws are shot, period. Not just OU games, across the board. They just don't call fouls in the Big 12. So that would help a ton because OU is a good free throw shooting team. I just don't know if it's possible in this league to have a game where you get to the line 15, 20 times, 20, 25 times, you know. You should be able to get Tanner Groves to the line more than once, though. I believe he only went to the line one time on Saturday. I don't think I they agree. shot a free throw in the second half that I remember, well, which is just crazy to me to think that. that. Might, might be true. I might think be true. It is. I, don't, I don't remember. No, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, that would help get the offense going if they could get to the free throw line. That's for sure. So, but it looks bleak right now. It looks bleak. There's no way around that. However. Go beat Tech on uh, Wednesday, and the world looks like a sunnier place. Then you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Tech is, uh, well, they're what they always are. They're a football team on a basketball court. They are rugged. They're like, you know what? We're just going to beat the snot out of you, and if a ball goes in the bucket once in a while, great. But we're going to go defend you and, and beat you up. And uh, Ron Adams has them playing good ball. They're a good team again this year. Uh, what was I going to hit here? Uh, Big 12 standings at it. Uh, oh, I know what I want to talk about. Well, you take a break, but the top five today is related to this, TJ. Did you see that OU is going to sell player jerseys next year? Yes. For the football players. Mm-hmm. So individual player jerseys you can be purchased by fans. And I don't know what you know what the chunk is, how much of each jersey the players will get. Did you see that anywhere? I never saw an amount. No, I I saw there were the softball girls were upset about it and said, "Let's try this experiment." And who would like to have a softball jersey? And it had more likes than the football account had on the likes for well, the why, jerseys. Why can't they do that? I don't know. I, that's why when Who's saying they can't, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that they can't. I just don't know if the girls took it that way and said, "Hey, we want to." be able to sell softball jerseys. I I took it as, maybe I was wrong, I thought it was going to be eligible in all sports, but not the way that they were kind of sending out some tweets on the weekend. So I don't know. Oh, gosh. 
We've always got to be mad about something, don't we? <laughs> well, I wasn't mad about it. It was, the, it was the players themselves. No, I know. I just like, well, who, who in the world said that they can't do it for every sport? I mean, why would, why would maybe that it is? You know, case? maybe I, I, I'm, maybe I'm reading into it wrong. But yes, no, I saw, I saw the tweet you're talking about and the, the information. Uh, I wonder how much they get from each jersey because you know it, it's not going to be like the total amount of the jersey. You got to right. There's a production cost and there's a licensing fee and all that kind of stuff. So I wonder if they get like five bucks a jersey or, or, you know, I bet it's I bet it's less than ten dollars a jersey, but they get something off of each one sold. So the top five today, TJ, is going to be what a prediction. What will who will be the top five best selling OU football jerseys next year? Ooh, on next year's team, I'm not talking about Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, or Billy Sims or anything like that. Current players. On next year's team, current players, who will have the five best-selling OU football jerseys? So think about that. I'll, I'll give my top five coming up. Back up to this. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by extreme outdoor equipment. Four-wheelers, side-by-sides, UTVs, travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby exit 104B and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle exit 108. We're back on the T-Row in the morning show on The Ref. This hour brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. If you like just throwing your money away, don't care where it goes, Terry's not the guy for you because he saves you lots of money. $8.99 listing fee. Save people $300,000 plus in listing commissions last year alone. He can do the same for you. Not not $300,000 in one drop unless you have a really nice house. But he can put that money in your pocket. 405-361-3380 or saxonrealtygroup.com. What kind of house would you have to have to profit that? Really nice one. <laughs> Uh, Eric, circle drive for sure. That's right. <laughs> Air Comfort Solutions text line. Go ahead. There were a bunch of us Sooners in stale water. Wish I lived closer to Norman. What that texter says. Was it a good uh, OU contingent? Not particularly. <laughs> there were some there. Is the performance what has you in a bad mood today or just uh, in general in a bad mood? Because I can, I can sense that you're not in the best of moods today for a Monday. Well, I had to work on Sunday. Uh, I enjoyed doing the wrestling, but I didn't get my normal day off right. this week. I didn't get my Sunday nap and my day to kind of unwind. So I, I think, uh, I I think a little bit of it is that. I just, I, I'm, you know... It's discouraging, and I know it's talked about on buses and at team meals and things like that because I've heard it for years. Different coaching staffs, different teams, uh, you know, players go, dude, what do we got to do to get our fans to come out like we like when we go on the road? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. You just got to go win games, man. You just got to go win games. If you win, they'll come. If you win, they'll come. So I don't, I don't. Something about Saturday, I was like, Dad, gummit. You know, I thought Saturday would not be because OSU's lost four in a row. OU came in struggling. They don't have a chance at postseason. I was like, I, I bet there's, I bet this isn't much today. You know, I bet Gallagher Iba isn't. I mean, it was, I don't know if it was sold out, but it was 11,000 plus. It felt, it felt loud and sold out in there. It was packed. 
And then, you know, the next few road games, TJ, at Kansas, at Iowa State, at Texas Tech. <laughs> so, I mean, rough. it's just, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, T-Row, I totally agree. OU basketball attendance is embarrassing. Before I moved out of state, I had season tickets and drove up from Lawton every home game, uh, regardless of time, and people quit crying about 8 o'clock starts, man up, and go support your team. That Sooner fan in Texas. 8 o'clock so late. You know what I'm usually doing at 8 o'clock? I'm getting in bed and winding down. I'm an old man. Yeah, I mean, you're joking, but... (laughs) It is the attitude for a lot of people. It's like, ah, the game's on TV. You know, basketball and baseball. I'm talking about baseball, too. That's another thing. Boy, I mean, you think it's like uh, OU baseball, when they go to the SEC, when they play now, when you go to Tech, packed. Texas, packed. Uh, TCU, packed. You know? When they go on the road now, it's a tough environment. But wait till they go to the SEC. I mean, every single game is going to be like that. So we aren't going to have to – there's going to have to be a stepping up of facilities uh, for OU. There's going to have to be a step up in talent and stuff. There's also going to have to be a step up in support when it comes to going to the – you know, supporting these teams, going to these games. And a big part of that is, like you said, you got to win and you got to maintain, you know, that level – for an extended period of time, not just one-off seasons or something. But, to... well, should that have to be the case? Um, should that be a prerequisite? Because it's not some other places. It's not it, it some is, other it places. It is for OU fans. It is for it, OU it, fans. It is for OU hey, fans. Hey, you yeah. win, we'll show up. That, That's that, why they love the softball team. It, there's no doubt about it. If, if OU softball was not winning at the level they were, they would not have the attendance that they have. I mean, you know that. So... Fair weather, I mean, if that's what you want to label it as. Well, you're getting after the fans today. Uh, this, uh, this, I'm just, I'm encouraging them to let's step it up here. The team needs your help. They're struggling mightily right now. They're in danger of not making the NCAA tournament. And Porter's given it his all to get people in the stands. Wednesday night, you got a tough game. It's at an inconvenient time, but you got a tough game that you really, really need to win. And I know some people got church or you got to get up the next morning or TJ's probably got to wash the gold knobs on his doors and stuff. I don't know what's going on, but I would encourage you to at least think about going to the OU basketball game. Do people Make it clean, a tough environment. Do people clean their knobs? I don't know what you do in that mansion. Do that? I don't know that I've ever cleaned job. the knobs in my house. <laughs> You're right. I am a little grouchy today. You I are grouchy. Uh, I think it you're directing a lot of it at me because uh, <laughs> well, Potter, quit making him work on Sundays with you, these little fringe sports. You are a great OU fan, but you are a typical OU fan. <laughs> you will not miss a football game. In fact, you take off work to go to OU football game. Maybe you'll watch them on TV, but most of the time you like to go. You like to take your kid to go. You plan life around it. Right. You know, don't mess with my OU football home Saturdays. Basketball, baseball, eh. You know what? If if I don't have anything else going hey, on, I make go, it to maybe. a lot more baseball games than most people do. You do. So, That's true. 
get off my back, mister. Uh, this person says, we only got three Saturday home games scheduled after the new year. All right. So you're going on the road a lot. I think his point is Saturdays you're going to get a better crowd at most places, and you're on the road a lot this year. So you didn't get many home games this year on a Saturday. He's talking after the, the start of the new year, I think. Um, for the first time, I find myself wanting to chant SEC after we win and beat OSU and Norman in a few weeks. Hmm. I don't think you'd get many people behind you. Not yet. But you can try. you got to start the chant. Someone's got to start it to see if it picks up. So did they show on TV what they did up there Saturday at all with the students at the newspapers? And oh, stuff? the Lincoln uh, newspapers? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had all the Lincoln Riley newspapers. That was pretty. That was I had. To, I had to give them credit on that one. That was pretty good. And they did chant SEC at the end of the game. They also chanted USC for a while. Uh, Stillwater wasn't sold out, but again, it's the fans' fault. <laughs> Stillwater wasn't sold out, but again, it's the fans' fault. I don't know what that means. Uh, they, they think you're blaming the fans for the season and the way it's going. So. Not the fans' fault at all. I'm I'm saying let's help here. Let's see if we can help. Got to play better basketball. Uh, last one I've got here for this segment says, that song you played would have sounded better if we sing, we don't talk about Tebow. It's from a lot yeah, sooner. Uh, that's you got to write that. You got to write that and uh, make the parody. Soon, a lot and sooner. Me? No, a lot and sooner who oh. sent that in. All right, when we come back, uh, let's hear what Porter Moser had to say after the game on Saturday. It's a Monday edition of the T-Row in the Morning Show. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Coach, um, it's hot start first half today. Second half, it looked like the offense had a hard time finding some traction early on. That's exactly right, Toby. Um, I thought we did a lot of things coming out of the locker room that we wanted to do. Um, you know, I thought we moved it, shared it. Um, I thought we got some really good looks. Um, I think we scored 12 or 13 by the first media. Um, you know, as we got going the second half, you know, we just we didn't have much of a purpose. We had some guys missing some shots, and then we went back to some old mistakes of guys trying to get high degree of difficulty passing, and which led to turnovers. Um, I thought we played really hard. I thought we competed. I thought a big thing we wanted to do coming off the TCU is on the glass. I thought we fought and bought, boxed out uh, as good as we've done. Um, they only had five offensive rebounds and were the, one of the top. We just offensively um, get stymied if, if a couple guys are not scoring. And uh, it's our depth. I mean, their depth, their bench outscored us plus 16, they were 26 to 10. Their depth. They, came, they, they were coming in the second wave of guys and, and had 26 points off their bench. We, we really had some turnovers and some, some, tough, some tough times on the floor when we got deep into our bench. Um, but, um, you know, we just got to – you hit it on the nail. It was, it was, you know, some of our offensive firepower uh, as the game goes on. You know, we, I thought we opened it with a lot of purpose in the first half and just as the game went on, you know, um, you know missing shots and then turnovers. Tanner was good for you. Yeah, twenty-three yeah. and nine. Good to see him play like that. Yeah, and say, I thought EJ started off really well too. But the, some of the stuff we were doing early wasn't like we were trying to do it all ourselves. You know, I think uh, I thought I thought 
you know, as later it went, we, we went back to some of this high degree of difficulty stuff. When we were moving it, sharing it, skipping it, we had some really good stuff early. Um, but it was good to see Tanner just to compete physically. Like I thought he, I thought he, I thought he battled physically. Um, I thought, um, you know, I thought uh, EJ came out offensively and had a great mindset. And then I, I know there was a lot of high turnovers in there, but I thought, um, you know, he, he battled. But we just, we didn't. We had, we, we got to get some production. We we have, you know we had some this box. We we we've we've got to find a way, and I got to fi- help him find a way. But offensively, um, we go through droughts and struggles against the the defense that we're playing, you're especially in, late in the second half. You're in a tough stretch here, but there's time. You've got eight games to go in the regular season and a and a Big Twelve tournament ahead. There's plenty of time. You're still in a good spot with all the metrics and everything. Um, you know your team better than we do. Uh, how hard is it to stay positive when you're going through something like this? Well, you, I mean, you're not going to see anything but that from my staff, um, and that's why I called that timeout late. You know, I, w- I wanted to send a message. I mean, it, it, we're not we're not quitting fighting until that horn goes off, and I want you to hear the stuff that you're, you're hearing in here. Um, so, you know, I just told him. I mean, you know, we we we. we Improved a couple, two, three areas these last three days, and then we took a step back with taking care of the ball and scoring. You know, I know, I know, no one wants to hear you got to start making some shots, but what we, we do, yeah. they're playing now. They're starting to just completely not play a couple guys. They're they're jamming. They they there's a couple times in the court they're, they're not people aren't playing two guys. They're just sitting in the paint. And how you open up is you got to you got to knock down a couple shots so they they come back out and respect you. The the lane's getting packed with athletes if 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 you don't if you're not knocking down some of the shots. They're all out on Mo. And then they started coming out on EJ. Um, they're out on Tanner. Um, so it's very hard when you drive and there's like th- two extra bodies because they're playing the lane. So we- we've got to get better, but we're going to stay. I mean, we're here's the thing. You just got to keep fighting. You got to keep fighting. Keep getting better. We we're, we're, we played hard. I thought we played really hard. Um, we just didn't play smart. We didn't play smart in the flow of the game offensively. You know, it's my job to keep helping them try to play smart and uh, and do those things. Coach, thanks for stopping by. Right. We always appreciate it. All right. TJ, percentage chance they make the NCAA tournament? Thirty percent chance right now, which is I think half of what I had them at last week. Going into the upcoming week, I think I said sixty last week. They will be a underdog against tech right even at home yes at kansas home against texas um that'll be close that'll be a close yeah be close maybe a at iowa state they'll be a dog at tech they'll be a dog home against osu they'll be a favorite Mm -hmm. home against west virginia they'll be a favorite at k-state will be close so They'll be they'll be a favorite in two games. There might be a couple of others that are close to a pick'em, and they probably need five to have a shot to get in. I think wins counting the Big Twelve tournament. So they're going to have to win some games that they're underdogs in. Is the point? And um, get hot. They're going to have to get hot. We're going to have to look back and say, remember after that OSU game, how we were down and thought there was no chance, and then then they got hot. So that's your hope at this point. They're going to have to get hot here in February. But it looks bleak now. I think 30s, I I might go a little north of that. I might go 40. Uh, 
because that I I do think there is a relentlessness to the way Porter is coaching this team, and they they are playing really hard. And just yeah, maybe I'm hoping more than anything, but I do think it's going to pay off for them at some point. But can they get enough? Can they get enough W's? I, the Big Twelve has so much respect out there. The metrics are so high that um, you know they're going to be they're going to get the uh, benefit of the doubt if they can get close enough. <laughs> but I mean, it's be tough. It's tough to find wins right now. So we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, Tech eight o'clock Wednesday at Kansas. That's a noon tip. On Saturday in Lawrence, CBS game. And then back home again next Tuesday against uh, Texas. Texas has won the last two times they've come to Norman, by the way. Uh, Both of them dramatic. Remember, they banked one in at the buzzer two years ago. And then, uh, oh, what's the little lefty's name that was the point guard for them that hit the shot that beat them last year right at the end? Uh, Was there forever. Coleman, right? Uh God, what was his first name, TJ? Coleman. Uh, I'll think of it here in a second. All right. Have you put much thought to the uh, uniforms? I've wrote some names down, yeah. All right, when we come back, my uh, top five today, I'm going to count down who I think will be the top five most sold OU football jerseys next year. On next year's team, now that uh, they announced over the weekend that player jerseys will be sold next year, who will have the five best-selling jerseys on the Sooners football team next year? We'll be back. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Call Terry or Jackie at 405-361-3380. Big thanks to Saxon Realty Group. They bring you this hour, 405-361-3380 or saxonrealtygroup.com. Ask Terry about his $8.99 listing fee. A couple of quick texts here, and we'll get to Toby's top five. Uh, my, uh, I don't want to tell what people are doing on their jerseys yet, so i got a few of those here. Uh, enjoying the show, who does Porter have signed to upgrade his talent pool for next year? I'll have to look up the names of the three signees. Go ahead to your next text. Uh, got KREF. The ref turned up in Jefferson, Texas. Thanks for listening. I don't know. Never heard Ortega, of Jefferson, Owe, Texas. Milos, Uzan, Benny Schroeder. Schroeder is the uh, guy from Germany. Germany. Uh, and they're going to have to uh, hit the transfer portal, too, to uh, beef up some things. But those are the incoming freshmen next year. Uh Uzan, I believe, is the 6'4 point guard, a lot of length. Owe, also a guard. Schroeder, kind of a swing man. Uh, really intriguing talent there that they get from overseas. A lot of people are saying he's better than Dirk Nowitzki. So, uh, actually, true. I'm the only it's one saying true. that. Only so. one. You're the only one saying that. <laughs> uh, last one here. Transfer portal, ki- portal killed this team. Harmon, Manic, Williams make this a completely different team. Sometimes the portal helps. Here it killed us. That's from RC. It's Alondis Williams, other than those other three that you mentioned. Alondis Williams is having an all ACC type year. He is absolutely killing it at Wake Forest. Uh, those other three guys would be nice to have around too. But yeah, uh, the the portal decimated the team after Coach Kruger left. They were down to three guys and had to refill it back up. And uh, yeah. 
Okay, here we go, TG. Ready? Ready. Uh, OU announced they will sell player jerseys next year. You can buy the jersey number with the name on it, I assume, of current players now. And they get a portion of it. I don't know what their cut is, but they get a portion of it. So I'm trying to guess who will be the most popular jerseys next year for OU fans. Uh, I gave some thought to a couple of guys, David Aquebu and Ethan Downs. Aquebu's got a cool name, and I do think at his size that Brent might make him into a monster next year, but I didn't put him in my top five. Ethan Downs, I think the whole town of Weatherford will buy his jersey. <laughs> Put him up there so at the top, uh, running I for the top I gave consideration spot. to Ethan Downs. You may be right there. In there. I also gave consideration to Gavin Sawchuck. Again, cool name. And as a freshman, he might burst onto the scene next year. Sawchuck. I can't wait to say that name. But I didn't put him in my top five. Here we go. Top five. Number five, Marcus Major. I think Major will be the go-to back next year, the every-down guy. Eric Gray will be a third-down guy. I think Major's got a chance to be... Uh, a star, and he's got a cool name, Marcus Major at number five. I had his name down. I didn't write number mine f- in any particular order, by the way, so I'm just going to see what I have of yours. So go ahead. Okay. Number four, Marvelous Marvin Mims. Can you put Quiet Marvelous year- on there? No, no, no. Uh. Quiet year last year after a uh, stellar freshman season. I think he has a bounce back year next year. He will be their top wide receiver. Everybody loves Marvin. Marvin Mims, number 17, by the way, at number four. On my list. And by the way, I didn't uh, put these in any particular order, but I do think there's an overwhelming number one. So go ahead. I do too. Number three, Dylan Gabriel. Yes, I have him on my list. Is that your overwhelming number one? Nope, it is not. Is it eight? Is that what he says he's going to wear? Eight, I think? Uh, Yes, I believe, because everybody's tying it to the eight national championship and all that. So, yes. He's your starting quarterback, Mm Teach. Of course we're going to sell some Gabriel jerseys next year. Dylan Gabriel at number three. At number two, Danny Stutzman. Yes. Agree. He has... In very limited playing time, made himself an overwhelming fan favorite. Partly because of what he does on the field, because he is an absolute maniac. And partly because of his social media hilarity as well. But I think the Danny Stutzman-Brent Vittables marriage is going to be awesome for Danny Stutzman. And he's going to become a superstar and people are going to want that number 28 with Stutzman on the back. And number one, I think the most popular jersey for Sooner fans next year will be the number 12 Yes, of Drake Stoops. Hands down, I don't think it's close. Like, as soon as this dropped Friday, it was my first name out of my mouth. I said, Drake Stoops will lead all sales. Um, that jersey will be number one overall. So people I completely want the agree Stoops with you. on the yes, back. They want Stoops. It's like a two-for-one, Teach. You you could show your love for Bob and buy Drake's jersey at the same time. Agree. Not to mention, I think there's a chance he'll have a really good year, too. So That sounds like you don't have any problems. No problem with, with your list at all. Today. Same names I had written down. Uh, Jaron Kanak. Uh, is that how you say his name? I've heard Kanik. it. Kanik. Mm-hmm. Kanik. That's what I've been told. Okay. Kanik. Like a Kanik. can of corn. Ick. 
Mechanic. mechanic. Uh, several people have texted his name is, and I had that name written down. He's a very popular kid yep. right now, but that'll depend on play with him. I mean, if um, sure if he doesn't come in and perform, then he w- then you've got the five. I think that'll be there. So, and I and I agree. I think Drake Stoops overwhelming number one there. What about uh, Michael Turk? TJ, how many Turk jerseys are we going to sell next we year? We had that uh, sent in. They said uh, Turk will be popular. He has over, what does this one say, 50,000 YouTube followers. He's got yep. a big following on social media. So possibly, and it would be fun. I think some people would have fun. Just I'm going to go buy the punter's jersey, you know. So um, I think there's a chance that he's up there in the running. There's a couple of guys in this defensive system that I think have a chance to burst onto the scene and maybe at the – First of the year aren't on the radar, but by midseason are, and that is Reggie Grimes and Jalen Redmond. Uh, I think the defense, you know, the front seven under uh, the Venable scheme are going to have a chance to eat, as the kids say, teach. So I think Grimes and Redmond have a chance. I couldn't really find anybody in the defensive backfield that, at least as of right now, I think will, like, like maybe Key Lawrence will become a dude. Maybe Billy Bowman will you know, become a guy. He didn't show much last year. I I couldn't really find an incoming freshman or transfer that I think right away, other than Sawchuck, uh, I think Jaden Rowe is going to be a monster in time. But right now, will he, you know, so anyway, there's my five. Stoops, Stutzman, Gabriel, Mims, and Major. I think will be the five best-selling OU football jerseys next season. All right, next hour, Teach. Uh, K.J. Kindler, OU women's gymnastics coach, will join us live at 8.35 this morning. Her team coming off a victory yesterday over TWU. They scored 198 again. They've got George Washington at home this Friday not the first president of the United States, the university. We'll talk to KJ at 8.35. We will also hear Jenny Baranchek's postgame thoughts after another thriller on Saturday in the LNC. It's a Monday edition of the T-Row in the Morning Show. Stay here.